This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Welcome to your Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's Ian Mendes. It's Julian McKenzie. And I got to tell you, Julian, if we were power ranking the months of the year based on sports, based on weather, based on the vibes, I think I'm taking October number one, man. Uh, like hockey, NHL is about to start, right? NHL regular season starts this month. Baseball, we got the playoffs all set. NFL's in the high gear, you know, and I, I look, I understand we have lots of listeners from around the, like around the planet, right? We have people in Europe, people in Southern United States. So I get that the weather might be different depending on where you are, but October is usually pretty good. Like it's usually pretty good where you live. So, you know, toss in some Halloween. I'm just saying, I think you can make an argument. This is the best month of the year and we're just kicking it off. So I, I, you know what you you're probably right because of the fact that the NHL season starts usually the NBA starts a little later. Uh, mo- pretty much most sports are on around a lot. A lot of sports are are on around now, and they're either in high gear or they're about to start. Like it's, I can understand that June would be in second place. I yeah, guess, na- name a better month is our challenge. Yeah, name a better month. Like because like June typically is the Stanley Cup final. There's a good chance you're getting the NBA Finals. I mean, the draft, I guess, after that in the NHL. Uh, like, it, it's championship time. But, like, even then, like, it's not the same. It's October, like, baby. Yeah. This like, the World it. Series. We'll, we'll get the World Series at the end of the at the, at the end of the month. Like, I don't know. It, it, you know what? I, I was ready to combat you with a whole other different month. But October seems to be this great time where everything seems to come to a head at the same time, this, this sensory overload, uh, overload of sports. Like I, damn, I can't, I can't beat you. I can't do it. I can't. We'd love to hear from the listeners. Name a better month from October. When you weigh everything in sports, weather up here in Canada, we got a little Thanksgiving action to go with Halloween. Like it's actually April, April is second. Yeah, I see April producer Jeff, our, our producer Jeff has said, don't sleep on April. Because they got the Masters and the playoffs start then. And usually the first rounds of, start those, of, of the NHL playoffs are amazing. And then you start have the NBA baseball. playoffs. So baseball too. Yeah. Starting off then. Yeah. April. You know what? I'll say October, April. Uh, I'll, I'll still put June in that top three because of the, at least in our business for us. Uh, I'm trying to think if. Christmas around like December if I mean not really that's where a lot of stuff gets dead right like it's not really the most ideal time so yeah I'll say oct- March is March has to be fourth I think even March Madness on its own carries a lot of energy but I'll say October April and June that's your top three in terms of sports months I'll agree to that yeah but anyway hit us up the athletic hockey show at gmail.com hit us up on Twitter comment section whatever name a better month than October We'll we'll hang up and listen, as they like to say in radio. Because I, I'd like I'd like to hear if anybody can can uh, can can take a run at this. Look, there's what I love about October is that it doesn't matter who your NHL team is, but I feel like out of the 32 teams, at least 25, 
26 of them, you got a little bit of hope and optimism, right, in, in October. And even for the handful of teams that you know are going to have a tough year, you can, there's something you can hold on to, right? Prospects, whatever. Like, this is just an exciting time. But I got to tell you, Julian, that move Connor Bedard put on last night in Detroit, and I know it's just a preseason game. That was a jaw-dropping, are you kidding me moment. Now, he didn't finish it off with a goal, but that move that he made at the blue line uh, to, to just walk around a, a, the Red Wings defenseman, that, man, that's unbelievable stuff right there. It's a great move, but Logan Cooley had a much better, cooler yeah. move. But, but it happened in, in, in Australia. In Australia. Yeah. And like hey. we cared about yeah. it for one night. Yeah, that's and true. none of us and saw it because it, it was in the middle of the night. And he scored in too. North America. Logan Cooley scored. And he right? scored all that yeah. goal. Here's Good the point. thing. Good I, point. I love. I love the Connor Bedard renaissance. I love what's happening. I think he's going to be an incredible talent. I want to see him score one of those goals in a real game. And and if he scored in preseason, we'd be raving over that too. I'm waiting until the regular season starts before we really put the, the hype into overdrive here. Because right now, he's showing us a lot of stuff. I want to see it again. I want I, like I, I just can't wait to see it. I'm not saying you know he's not gonna be able to do it against big boys. Like I, I'm just I'm just trying to temper myself because I really don't want to put myself in a position where I overhype Connor Bedard and then somehow I'm 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 disappointed for some reason. But he's gonna be really good, and, and I love the move. It's just you know I I wish he would have scored that. And again, look if you if you missed it from the global series games when Arizona and LA played against each other, Logan Cooley. Again, in the middle of the night for us in North America, scored an even sicker goal where he danced around basically an entire opposition and got a goal in. Like that's still going to be the best move of the preseason. If if we were if we cared so much about ranking goals from the preseason, you know, I, I still think the greatest preseason. Like, and again, maybe somebody else. Oh, I know what you're going to say. W- w- maybe somebody else will will have a better answer than this, and maybe you do. Greatest preseason goal I've ever seen was Pavel Bure. Yep, that's my answer. Pavel Bure. And here's my question. I Somebody should do a deep dive on this. Either Fluto, because he covers the Bruins, or Drance or Harmon in Vancouver. Why the hell were the Bruins playing the Canucks in a preseason game? Like, like geographically Why speaking. Why wouldn't they? Geographically speaking. You don't see that now. You don't see Anna... Uh, hold on tight. It's Anaheim and Montreal coming up next. That's actually a good point. Why were they playing each other? Yeah. But how does it work to schedule preseason games? You usually, honestly, you do it geographically for the most part, right? Like you often will play the teams kind of within a two hour flight. I mean, we do we see that now, but like why? But like in terms of. Like, why was there a time when Vancouver, Boston could be a thing in preseason? That's what I'm and saying. And what led to that change? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, maybe I'm maybe the now. Bruins. Know. You know what used to happen is often teams would go away to like the Rocky Mountains for like a quote unquote getaway team bonding. So maybe the Bruins did yeah. that. Maybe they went to Whistler to golf and hang out. Right. Like they needed to get yeah, the chemistry yeah, that. between Don Sweeney and Ray Bork. They had to kind of build some chemistry. But that goal, so if you don't know what we're talking about, you probably, I think if you just Google Pavel Bure skate to stick, that should come up. It's the greatest. Somebody's going to have to do something more impressive than Logan Cooley or Connor Bedard to knock that off the perch as the greatest 
preseason goal of all time, in my opinion. I want to say that, I mean, I'm not an avid NHL, EA Sports NHL game player anymore, but I remember in NHL 06, they had these controls, at least on the PC version, where if you hit a button, you could do certain moves like a spinorama move or between the legs goal or the stick to skate goal. And like that was initially my first exposure to that as like an elementary school kid knowing that like if I got my guy on a breakaway, I could pull the Pavel Burry and then eventually seeing the highlights of, of Pavel Burry do it like on a sports air top 10 for like preseason goals or something uh, that blew my mind. Like that is like the speed the the wherewithal to do such a move like that the fact that it hasn't really been replicated since I, that's kind of surprising to me we've seen guys do between the leg stuff we've seen spinorama stuff why don't players do more of the of these of the skate goal like why is that not more of a thing and i'm trying to remember in my in my brain first thing in the morning like who's the last guy we've we've seen try to do that in an nhl game <laughs> you know what i think part of it is you have it it's based on time and space, right? Like, like you need to Absolutely. have you, you need to come in on the perfect angle. You need to have no defenseman sort of uh, uh, bothering you, harassing you, whatever. I just think it's so hard to pull off. Like, even if you think about Tom, like Thomas Hurdle went between the legs for San Jose. What was that against Marty Biron? I want to say, and yeah, even that, it's like we haven't seen that replicated too often since, and that's been what more than 10 years, 15 years, maybe 10, at least 10 years anyway, I think, right? Since, since hurdle went between the legs, wasn't that like 10 years ago? That was this 10 years ago. There's no wasn't way it's it? 10 years ago. That, and that was when he had that like massive gate, like multi-goal game. Oh my God. That that's, please don't say that's 10 years ago. Well, please don't date me. I don't that's know. That's crazy. I, also, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a goal that get, has skate to stick it, and like, <laughs> like, I, like, I haven't seen it replicated that way. There was a goal that occurred last year where uh, Sidney Crosby, I think on a, it gets the Carolina Hurricanes, he gets this pass that goes off his skate and then goes to six. So it's like more or less the the opposite. But like, it's that's that's as close as I've found so far. Uh, Sunday of this week will mark the 10 year anniversary of Thomas Hurdle's Four goal game slash between the legs on Marty Biron ten years ago. It really Sunday. is ten, but I mean ten, Marty Biron was ago playing, Sunday. so it has to be ten. That's ten years. Yeah. What? I don't believe that's crazy to me. I didn't realize it was that far back that Thomas Hurdle did that. That's insane. Yeah, and that and that concludes our little segment. Ian and Julian give an audio breakdown of great preseason and early regular season goals. Being able to show you. The highlights we talk you through them. What's better than that? But yeah, oh Google it if God. you don't. If you're a younger <laughs> uh, as a hockey fan and you're not familiar with it, the two things we want you to Google here: Pavel Bure skate the stick and Thomas Hurdle between the legs. Really cool goals. And now officially old school goals because Hurdle happening uh, ten years ago. It's old. I, I old can't school. believe that. Anyway, I'm not gonna over. I'm not gonna over. I'm not going to overdo it on, on me going crazy on that. That's insane. yeah. You know, I, I, I do want to take a moment though. And, and, and we will very briefly uh, turn this conversation in a little bit more of a serious tone. And the reason why we're doing mm -hmm. this is there's a couple of stories that I think um, certainly were emotional, uh, 
saddening, poignant, all of that uh, this weekend. And I, I want to give you some space, Julian, because because you work in Calgary, because I think mm-hmm. you're 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 sort of intimately in that sphere. You understand better than most the impact of 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 of, of Chris Snow and. Uh, boy, watching that unfold essentially in real time because of his wife Kelsey's um, openness with this and the sharing with this, it was it was heartbreaking uh, to watch the hockey world see this play out in in real time. So, just want to give you the opportunity, Julian, to talk about what has obviously been a very difficult weekend in uh, in your city and and really around the NHL. Absolutely. Uh, for those who are not fully aware. Um, Assistant general manager for the Flames, Chris Snow, uh, first off, for the last four years, had been battling ALS. Uh, I believe they were promoted to AGM in 2019, and then months after that, they received their diagnosis. And through various treatments, they had been battling the disease uh, and basically had been living a lot longer than they thought they would be. And seeing updates through him and his wife, Kelsey, Nothing short of inspiring to see uh, for those two and their family. And unfortunately, in the last week, uh, Chris had gone into cardiac arrest and uh, his brain was deprived of oxygen and it got to a point where he was not expected to wake up. And this was something that was announced earlier last week and through that process on, it has just been an emotional time around the organization, for players, for staff. And on on Saturday, it was announced that, that Chris had passed away. And it, it capped off what had been a stretch of days. You could add Sunday, too, because we got more reaction. But hearing people uh, discuss Chris in such a positive, inspiring light and and... And, and the work that he's done for the organization, such an emotional time for everybody, such a difficult time for a ton of people. I don't know if you, you realize this, Ian, but the same day uh, it was first announced that Chris had gone into cardiac arrest. Uh, earlier that morning, one of their younger players who was expected to make the lineup, Jacques Pelletier, was announced that he would be injured for some time. But also later that day, uh, Michael Backlund was announced as captain of the team. And it signed an extension. And that has been part of a, yeah. a big off-season headline with this team with all the pending UFAs. And I'll never forget being at that press conference for Michael Backlund. I mean, we're hours away from learning about Chris. Uh, well, hours after the fact of learning about Chris. And Craig Conroy, the general manager, starts off by giving some thoughts and sentiments to the family. He brought Chris's son, Cohen, to the press conference Michael Backlund had told me that he he had that morning he he called Craig because he was excited about the fact he was going to finally announce the the contract extension and the captaincy and and he hears Craig Conroy just not having that same energy and just being down in his voice and it turned out he was at the hospital with Chris and his family and and Michael had to go to the rink that day practice during that day and not say anything about what happened. He kind of had to hold that back and just wait for everyone else to to figure out uh, what will have what had been going on. And you could see it on his face too at that press conference, knowing that as happy of a day it is for him to wear the C uh, for for Chris. Uh, thinking of Chris Snow, obviously that kind of hung over everybody. So 
it's 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 been a tough week for a lot of people in that organization. It's been a lot of tough times for media too. In, like I've only been in the market for a year. I only got to encounter Chris one time, but a lot of media members in the market have had such nice things to say about him. Uh, so many uh, good memories of him too. And and hearing from players and and coaches talk about him, I'll never forget Ryan Huska talking about how he and and Chris would get into fights because of how Chris would try to bring in analytics, and eventually it got to a point where Chris was able to explain why they're so effective, and 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 Ryan essentially has become a believer because of him, and that's that's another thing. That's another big thing we have to mention. All this too with with Chris believing in analytics and and working to a point where he. Has has made them such an integral part of his job, and of course with with his work on contracts as well. And he worked up until the very end. This is a guy who was in Penticton for the rookie tournament with the Flames, uh, working through training camp before all this happened. This is just such a sad time, but I'm also happy that we are able to remember him fondly and celebrate his successes. I, I love the tribute that the team did. Uh, before a preseason game last week, and 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 fans were able to to applaud and, and show their respects for him as well. I love the snowy strong stickers on the back of Flames helmets too. It's going to be a lot of it's a it's, it's a tough time for a lot of people in the market. It's a lot. It's a tough time for Flames fans, especially and 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 people who love Chris. Uh, but I just hope that uh, Chris's family knows that the hockey world is is behind them, and we and we show that we want to. You know, offer a shoulder for them as as they need strength and they need love, and we will never forget forget Chris and his contributions to the league. And, and I, I I implore people to read uh, the column from Eric Duhacek. I implore people to read uh, the the column from Haley Salvian on on Chris as well. Uh, I think those are great reads, and they will offer you more perspective as the type of person of the type of person that Chris was. And uh, we will never forget him. Yeah, and and well said, Julian. And you know, it was also quite impactful to see all the people from the baseball community, the Jeff Passons, and and some of the most prominent baseball writers weigh Absolutely. in because uh, you know, prior to to joining the hockey world in sort of this front office capacity, Chris Snow was a writer and he was a journalist and he covered the Boston Red Sox and um, just had a real passion for sports. And and I think you saw all of the love. Uh, that that came pouring out, not just from the hockey world, the baseball world, and other places. Um, so very well said. Like I said, uh, read the pieces by Eric and Haley if you really want to uh, to to sort of capture the spirit of uh, of the man. There is one other piece of news we want to talk about here, real briefly. And um, yeah, this is a, this is a bit of a gut punch to us at the Athletic. And this this is um, an update posted Monday morning by our colleague and our friend Aaron Portsline in Columbus. And I will just read Aaron's tweet. Um, because I know that it probably took a lot of courage to get to this point to go public with this. It probably uh, was not an easy decision, but there's a reason why Aaron Portsline is going uh, public here. So I'll, I'll I'll simply read Aaron's tweet, and it, it, it reads as follows. Uh, I am not well. I was diagnosed several years ago with a genetic kidney disease, but in recent months, it has started to take control of my life. I'm now stage five kidney failure and relying on frequent dialysis to keep me alive until I can get a transplant. The Ohio State transplant team, my nephrologist, uh, Dr. Rima Kang, and the dialysis nurses at uh, Fresnius Kidney Center have been incredible throughout this process. The purpose of going public is twofold. 
First, to let you know that there will likely be interruptions in my Blue Jackets coverage for The Athletic at some point this season. My editors have been remarkably understanding and colleagues will pick up the slack if and when I'm out of commission long term. But more importantly, it's to raise awareness for the ways you can help. At least 100,000 people in America, uh, America alone are waiting for an organ transplant, and roughly 90,000 of them, like me, need a kidney. Did you know that most people can live long, productive lives with one good kidney? I have been incredibly fortunate to have at least nine people step forward to see if they are a match and be my donor. An incredible gesture. But we're still searching for a match. Consider yourself becoming a donor through direct living donation or by declaring yourself a donor on your driver's license. Uh, Aaron has shared, uh, Julian, some links on on Twitter. So by all means, please, uh, whether, you're, whether you're living in the United States, in Canada, abroad, and you do have the opportunity to be an organ donor through your driver's license, uh, Aaron is urging you. We are urging you. Uh, this is difficult news, you know, and, and uh, like Julian, I've known Aaron Portsline excuse me i've known him uh the two of us used to be in the same sphere in minor league baseball aaron would come up to ottawa i was working in the media relations department of the ottawa links the old triple a baseball team here aaron portsline would cover the columbus uh what were they called back then the clippers columbus clippers and he would come to town and i just formed a great bond with this guy and then now to to 20 years later be working at the, at the same place we, we always joke about our time covering minor league baseball together, but it got us to this point. And uh, you're not going to meet uh, people in Columbus know this, but I, I hope everybody does um, get the opportunity to meet Aaron Portsline, but like a more sort of humble, helpful, down to earth reporter who just does such a remarkable job storytelling around that franchise. Um, you and I just had uh, uh, Portsline on the show when two weeks ago during the Mike yeah, Babcock talk stuff. About Mike Babcock. And uh, you never would have known when we had him on and he never let on that he was going through this. We saw him at, at, at the draft that we saw. He never let on that he was going through this. So I, I think it makes his coverage and his work even more remarkable that he's been able to do his Sunday gathering columns and, and the podcasts and, and everything that he's able to do. But uh, my goodness gracious, I hope when you read and hear the words of Aaron Portsline, um, I'm an organ donor through uh, my driver's license uh, in, in the province of Ontario. And we're just asking uh, if, if everybody can do the same thing, because we have a colleague and friend that, that needs your help. And there's a very good chance in your life. You have a colleague or friend that is in the same boat. Well said on Aaron. Uh, Porty is one of the best people in our biz. You're absolutely right in saying that he's helpful. I'll never forget the very first thing. The very one of the very first things I ever, I think the very first thing I ever wrote for the Athletic, um, was an article about Cole Caulfield, and I went to Port Porty for some insight on a player comparable, and he was so nice and generous with his time, uh, for a guy who was very new to the Athletic at the time, and and I will always appreciate him for that. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to Columbus last year and 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 meet Porty and and hang out with him and 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 just get to know him as a person. He's such a solid guy. He's such a really good person and I I'm devastated to to hear this and and I hope that people uh read his tweet and can offer him some help because he's a great person and he really needs some help. Yeah, well said. So again, we will uh 
ask you to go to Twitter and and, and check out those links for uh, for where you can be an organ donor, but certainly our, our thoughts not only with the Snow family, but also uh, with our colleague Aaron Portsmouth. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, all right, Julian, uh, kind of going back now to uh, some of the on-ice stories and storylines around the National Hockey League here in training camp. You and I have not done a show since the Tampa Bay Lightning announced that Andre Vasilevsky is going to miss, what, probably the first two months of the season, at least, yeah. with a back injury. I mean, I don't know how you felt about Tampa before. Um, how are you feeling about this piece of news? I I mean, two months. So that's past Thanksgiving, and that's supposed to be that threshold. That's supposed to be that time of year where if you're in a playoff spot, there's a good chance you're going to be in that playoff spot by the end of the year. If you're not in it, it's not looking good for you. I wonder how much goaltending will be an Achilles heel for them between the start of the year and whenever Andre Vasilevsky gets back. They're at a point now where they're going to have to rely on, uh, on, on Jonas Johansson. Is Hugo Enfeld going to be their backup? Are they going to go down the waiver wire and look at options uh, like a Yaroslav Alak is out there as a free agent? Uh, people people in Calgary have been wondering if Dan Vladar is a trade option. If is there another guy they could get who could they could fit under their cap? Remember, they're they're more or less capped, they're capped out on yeah. that team. So whoever they get has to be a cheap option. But I'm, I'm really curious about I'm curious in general about how that Atlantic division is going to shake up with all of these good teams who aspire to be playoff teams like a Buffalo or an Ottawa or Detroit, but in Tampa right now, you are already in a situation where you have all those guys who have played years and years of 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 playoff hockey. They have a longer offseason than normal last year, but even then, Steven Stamkos, there's a bit of uneasiness about him not being extended, and this, I'm very curious about the Tampa Bay Lightning as a story heading into this season, and the thing is, I don't feel comfortable picking against them because they're still a really good team, but not having Andre Vasilevsky who has carried this team for years and years to to three consecutive Stanley Cup final runs, at least at the start, they have to incur some kind of some kind of 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 hurdle here. I I don't know how it's going to affect it, but also at the same time, if you're Tampa and you know what you've proven in the playoffs as long as you hang around around a wild card spot, around a playoff spot, by the time Vasilevsky gets back, it could work out in your favor. As long as you don't fall off and you're you have to work your way up, uh, which which they've tried to do before, but even then, like I, I think it's just they have to figure out some kind of stopgap and goaltending uh, just for the next two months and keep themselves afloat here. I think I think for them, especially with how so many teams are going to look in that division. They need to, I didn't even mention Toronto and Boston and all this too, but they really need someone who's going to hold the fort for them and keep them in a playoff spot. I, 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 I have questions about Tampa Bay this year. Well, you mentioned Jonas Johansson, who is going to, at this point, assume, you know, the number one goalie job unless, look, Martin Jones maybe gets waived, right? And, and 
and and he gets picked up there or you know other goalie Spencer uh, not Spencer Knight uh, Spencer Martin we saw like we've seen goalies yeah Columbus got picked, up, picked him up yeah so you we're seeing this type of thing happen but here's the thing on Jonas Johansson 35 career games in the NHL uh Julian and is so you know parts of five seasons kind of just been a cup of coffee guy 35 yeah. games 888 886 career save percentage. So that's a big risk. Now, I do think Tampa with, we got to remember, Braden Point coming off a 50-goal season. Uh, Kucherov had, what, 110, 115 points last season. Stamkos is going to be super motivated. We know that going into last year of his deal. Uh, I, I think Hagel's a great middle six guy. Uh, you got Victor Hedman. That, like, like, it's not like, they don't have the talent to to overcome or compensate a brief Fazilevsky absence if it's eight weeks, ten weeks. But it's like everything has to go right. Like they can ill afford another injury. They can ill afford to to. There's not much margin of error, and this is the first time it feels like maybe in the John Cooper era where you kind of go into a season saying like, "Gee, I don't know." I don't know if Tampa's like going to make the playoffs, but I, I just think they're too talented for me to be pessimistic about them. And I'm a huge John Cooper guy. Like I, I know last year he kind of got into it a little bit with a couple of his stars and he benched them or whatever, but that guy knows how to push buttons. And we're going to see, I think, I think he's a great coach. And I think we're going to see that come out here. I don't think there's any doubt that John Cooper is a great coach and he could get the most out of his players. But we also have to remember too, as talented as some of those guys are, like they they've had the mileage run on them and and i mean just trying to think of ages i mean steven stamkos in his 30s dukutrov surely must be in his 30s or at least close to that victor hedman has seen has been in the league quite some time these are not guys in the mid 20s late 20s and all that like this is a tampa bay team a veteran team that is older and in terms of the guys in the middle, I mean, yes, they have Anthony Sorelli and, and young guys like Nick Paul too. Don't get me wrong. And Brandon Hagel as well. And Mikhail Sergachev. But I, I think this is also a team in terms of their depth. It's it's changed from some of those playoff years where they were able to win the cup. And that's also going to play a role in how they finish, finish in this division too. Like, at least in the regular season, are they, on paper, are they better than the Toronto Maple Leafs as an example? They're probably better than the Boston Bruins. They could probably still be a playoff team. But if that goaltending lets them down and they have to start from behind the eight ball when Andre Vasilevsky gets back, that is going to be a really tough hill for them to climb. Yeah, the, the East is going to be, they're going to be super, super, super competitive. And uh, you might, it, uh, success might be predicated on a goalie with 35 games and an 886 career save percentage. So we'll see. Sometimes they, guys like this are just looking for an opportunity, right? Johansson's in his mid to late 20s. Maybe he just, so he's 28 years old, but maybe he just needs a, he needs a chance, right? He needs, needs, needs give him this and give Johan give Johansson this. I, I I can't tell you about the teams he played in front before that led to that safe percentage. This is still as good of a team as he could play on to help that safe percentage go up. Like it's not a perfect team. Uh, they've been through a lot, but this is a solid enough team where if he plays decently in front of him, I'm sure that team could play decently enough in front of him too. It should, it could, it could work, but they really, they really could use a, a decent second option because they have Hugo Enfelt behind him 
And I, 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 off the top of my head, I'm sure he has fewer games played than, than Johansson. Yeah. Um, interestingly, when Dom, Shana, and Sean Gentili kind of do their NHL season preview, you know, during the countdown from 32 to one, which teams, you know, analytically, statistically fit into Dom's model and, and spit out where, where they're going to end up. Tampa Bay was kind of, they're mid, right? They're really 15th, which is unusual. We usually see Tampa as a, as a top 10 team. As we wake up this morning on Monday, we see in the, in the rankings that the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights have entered the chat at number seven. New Jersey's in at number eight. Uh, Florida and Boston just behind them. I wonder, you think that's about right for New Jersey? Like, like New Jersey's top eight now in the NHL, according to the model, which I think is right for them. Like, I love the talent level. I think a lot of my questions around them were answered. I think if, if Luke Hughes comes in and uh, plays as well as we think he can, I think he might end up being in that Calder conversation. About right for New Jersey for you, or do you think they're, they're a touch too yeah. high? I know. I, I think they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, and, and now's the time to be high on the New Jersey Devils, man. They have some a good mix of 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 young and and veteran talent up front. They're, I think they're pretty good defensively too. I think they showed a lot in that play in those playoffs last year. They basically the window for them. It were, it's an exciting time because the window has opened for them. That that comeback against the Rangers in that first round series. The way they were able to to turn a 2-0 series disadvantage into a win for them, winning that series with them, that for me, I, I I'm willing to take them seriously. And I don't know if it means that they're going to run all the way to the Stanley Cup final this year. I would love for that for them. That'd be great. But I think seeing a player like Jack Hughes up front, having Nico Heischer in that center depth too, Timo Meyer signed long term with them, uh, Tyler Toffoli. I still think Tyler Toffoli is going to be a great addition. For that team, I know they had to part ways with Yegor Sharangovic, but Tyler Toffoli has proven in three markets that he's a number one. He's a he's a top line forward, and if he's able to, if he's have, if he has to be plugged into that role for the Devils, he will do fine, just fine in that role for that team. I think this is a Devils team that's slotted pretty right. There, I think they're they're definitely. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt they're a playoff team, but as a as a clear cut top ten team in the league, yeah, I don't I don't see any issue with that at all. And and Jack Hughes, I mean. Some I know there are some people who may wonder if he's a top ten player or not. I'm I this might be the year we remove all doubt on that. He continues to ascend upward as a as a talented player at his position, and he shows that dynamic talent. This could be the I mean I don't think there's there, this could be the year where he shows there's no doubt he is a top ten player, and I would love to see it. I I think he is, isn't he? Like although th- these debates We've discussed sometimes this before, yeah, yeah. I think these debates sometimes become like what I hate about these debates is sometimes it ends up we end up criticizing great players who maybe, maybe they're 12th overall in, in the league and, and we're just dumping on them that they don't have this or that. But boy, Hughes to me, uh, legitimate. I, I think if you go into a season and, and it's not out of the realm that you could see that guy winning the heart trophy, he's top 10. I, I could see a scenario in which Jack Hughes wins the heart trophy. Let's say the devils win the conference, win the division, and Hughes has 110 points. Don't you think he would be in the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, so, he, he's probably a nominee. He's on. He's on a few ballots. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he would be on there for me. So interesting there. And and the Vegas Golden Knights, who won the Stanley Cup last year, end up at number seven 
which obviously means there's a half dozen teams. Like So now we can start to put the pieces together, right? The teams that we haven't seen, the Colorados, the Torontos, Carolina, they're all going to end up here ahead of Vegas. Do you think Vegas would, not not that NHL teams and athletes need motivation and bulletin board material, but do you think on any level Vegas looks at this and say, wow, you've got a ranking system, we just won the cup, and you have us at number seven? Good to know. I mean, the, it, depending on where you look at, they're not even favored to win their own division because the Edmonton Oilers exist, right? There's something about this Vegas Golden Knights team. Actually, you know what's funny? I still think about this. Like, immediately after the Stanley Cup was over, they were not favored to repeat. There's just something about this team, the way that they're built, the way that they found a way to overcome adversity last postseason, where now all of a sudden, and maybe it's because of the nature, it's because of the nature of, of the sport where it's so hard to repeat as a cup as a cup champion, where we've already looked to move on to the next. We're already looking to crown Colorado as the best team again, or looking to give Connor McDavid that opportunity to finally win a Stanley Cup. And I don't know, there's something about this Vegas team with the center depth that they have. They have they have the number one defenseman in Alex Petrangelo. And look, Aiden Hill came up big for that for 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 that playoff run, and just they've shown that you don't need you don't need the goalie to get you through the playoffs. You need a goalie to get you through the playoffs. And I don't know if I like this disrespect for for Vegas, and and maybe the ranking is so much disrespectful, but I don't feel enough people are 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 touting them as a team that could repeat again. Like I could totally see them go on a run again and 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 do it. Like I feel like they have the pieces to to go on a long run, to match up against anybody and and beat them. They don't need to win a division necessarily to get there, but I just feel as if on this preseason content and even from at the end of the Stanley Cup final, just people, I just felt that some people were just really quick to kind of put them to the side. So if I was a player on yeah. that team, I would feel I would feel a way about that. Absolutely. We just yeah. want a cup. But, like but somehow no one, y'all don't rate us like that. Like I, I would feel a way about it. But somehow Vegas doesn't give off plucky underdog vibes though let's be clear about that maybe they're yeah no disrespected no, they're but not, i don't feel they're like not that the, yeah, they are not, not that they're not the plucky underdogs with with jack eichel and petrangelo and stone and the you know they, they got a lot I of good players was, I, that's not what i'm trying and that's not exactly what i'm trying to yeah. say here it's more like the fact that like you know they won but all of a sudden we're trying to figure out who the next and then that's typical for us to do but I really don't think it's impossible that they win again. Like I, I think they could. They, I think they could do it. Like I, I think they're that good of a team, and I think they're built well enough that if they match up in a seven seven game series against a Winnipeg again, they beat them. Against the Edmonton, they could beat them again. Uh, I, I, I think they could do it. And and depending on who they go up against in the Eastern Conference in the Stanley Cup Final, maybe they don't get a journeyman team like a Florida. Maybe they get a Carolina. I think they beat them again too. I, not again. I think they beat them too. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm, we obviously we have to play out the season and we have to see how stuff goes and stuff could change and injuries play a role, but I don't know why more people aren't smashing, you know, whatever bets they want to put on or, or whatever proclamations they want to say. I don't know why we're not higher on the Vegas golden Knights. That's just me. Aiden Hill. It, uh, it, it, maybe it comes down to Aiden Hill. Uh, and you know, no but team Hill just showed you, you can, yeah. you can no, put no, him in sure. that he can win, but f- no team in the last five or six years, or really since they came in has had as much, it feels like as much volatility or instability in the crease. And yet it hasn't translated into poor performances. It's like almost no matter who they put in there, 
Robin Leonard, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, you know, whatever. Go through the list of guys and now up into Aiden Hill. doesn't matter. Like the goalie for Vegas just does the job. And uh, I, I got to give them credit because obviously they're either. But and the crazy thing is they've had all sorts of different coaches, right? Cassidy, DeBoer, Gallant. It's not like they've had one coach with one system, uh, you know, that that has just created this environment where goaltenders thrive. It's like different coaches, different goalies. It, it doesn't seem to matter. Like they had like five goalies last year play yeah. for them at some point. Yeah. Like trying to read them off the top of my head. Like. Yuri Patera is one of them. Logan Thompson. Thompson like, was, he was great a as a rookie. He, he was a very early candidate for Rookie of the yeah, Year before he got hurt. Uh, Jonathan Quick was part of that rotation at some point. Aiden oh, Hill geez, was yeah, in Jonathan there. Quick. Uh, who else? Who else? Yeah, who else am I missing? Hill, Thompson, Quick, Patera. There's a fifth goalie in there that I'm missing. Laurent Brassois. Thank you, producer Jeff. Laurent Brassois was also in that rotation. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, there's a like, ton of goalies on that. And they've, they, again, you don't need the goalie. You need a goalie to get you through. Remember, if the, if you don't take anything else from, from today's show, take that, take that statement to the bank. I want to ask you about and the NFL on, on the weekend, uh, Julian. They had the game in London. And it's an early morning Sunday game, kind of North American time. And so the NFL did a Toy Story animated yes. game. Basically, the premise is kind of like what the remember the NHL did this with uh, Capitals Rangers, and it was for the Big City Greens uh, cartoon show, which isn't obviously as well known as a Toy Story. Where look, the Toy Story animated game, great feedback. Sounds like kids loved it. Looked like it went off without a hitch. I think uh, good good reviews. I mean, are, do you think we're going to see another one of those NHL animated games geared just for kids? And if so, if the NFL went Toy Story, what's going to happen? What, what would you like to see the NHL do? Like with a big, uh, like a big time franchise, not like, a, and again, all due respect to big city greens. It's not, it's not on that level yet. Right. I, I don't think as a Toy Story. Uh, shout out to uh, fellow Syracuse alum, uh, Drew Carter, who has called both of those games. Uh, the Toy Story came and the Big City Greens game. Yeah. Uh, I think it was really fun to see. It was cool to see um, uh, just the design of it and, and how they made it work for, to for Toy Story. Uh, really fun to see them use that franchise again. And if Disney isn't afraid to go into its bag and use a franchise that so many people know and love, there's only one franchise that, in my mind, you can tell me if I'm wrong, there's only one franchise in my mind that would suffice for an NHL game. Oh, Frozen. Duh. Like, how are we not right like there. duh? It's right there. You do an HL game, you you I'm trying to think what's a good you could even do like Rangers Boston, Rangers Islanders, get two of your premier American franchises, and then have uh all of your frozen characters kind of hanging around uh on a fro on a vast ice rink and let people look. Let it go. I get people got annoyed with the song, but you you get the cast involved, you get the kids involved. It's right there. You could print money. It it's a brill. I do it. ESPN, do it. It's it's too bad Olaf Kolzig wasn't in the NHL still. That would just been oh. easy marketing. Get an Olaf in there. Um, and you're laughing. Um, you know a great idea. I saw somebody float out yesterday on Twitter. Somebody said they got to do an NHL animated game. Uh. 
animated to the theme of Ratatouille. And instead of players wearing helmets, they would just have a bunch of rats on top of their head, kind of controlling all their movements. Oh, my God. I am. You you wouldn't watch that? No, no. It's rats. Why would I want to watch players with rats on their heads? That's weird. I think that's I think that's weird. I don't know. I, I, I Ratatouille I is think, an all timer Fro- for me, though. One of the great. I think Frozen's a better idea, and I'm going to tweet about this when we when we leave the show today. Lion King. Fro- is I there any way you could do? You couldn't do this with animals, though, right? Like it, it couldn't. You could, or could you? Could you do an animated game where it's like like animals, or it has to be? It has to be human characters, doesn't it? I mean, I find like the the I don't know like. Is that the tone you want? Like, do you want like yeah. who is the NHL? Like, sc- who's Scar? Mufa- <laughs> who's the <laughs> NHL's version of Scar? Yeah, like who's a, who's a player who we looked down on, but also found a way to take out a respected player that we love. Who? This, I don't this know. Feels who, like we're, who, we're going to Brad Marchand territory here. Is, is Brad, Brad Marchand the league Scar? But like, who would he have taken out that like, like, do you, do you, have you ever seen a scenario where like, like what's the equivalent of Brad Marshaw putting a player up on a cliff and be like, long live the king and letting yeah. him fall to his demise? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's not, I don't know. Do you yeah, think you can't, you know, you can't do animals. He's it's more gotta be like humans. a Deadpool. Yeah. He's like a Deadpool anti-hero type of person. He's not really like a scar yeah. vengeful person in that way. Like, I don't, I don't know if I think of Brad Marshaw like that. Okay, so we can't do animated uh, animals. It has to be a Disney, Pixar, one of those DreamWorks, human. But I, I think the NHL can do better than Big City Greens. All I'm saying. So absolutely, love to and hear from any, listeners any, on this. Any opportunity to get younger fans into the game, it we've seen that through what ESPN has been trying to do. Yeah. What, uh, Nickelodeon has done with uh, SpongeBob incorporating that into their games. The, the slime, slime too. Yeah. It's- yeah. Like I, I, I think I, I was surprised at first thinking, you know, why would networks invest all like, like try to make this combination work, but it's worked. Yeah. And sometimes you're, sometimes you want to watch the, the Nickelodeon broadcast compared to the CBS broadcast. Cause it's just more fun. Um, but yeah, I think it's really I think it's really fun to see that it's worked out the way that it has. And if you're the NHL, you have to find a way to get in on that pie. Like you have to I mean, no, sorry, you have they've already done that, but you have to get a bigger a bigger franchise attached to the sport. Like Big City Greens, no disrespect to the show. You want a bigger show. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah. Hey, so again, hit us up, the athletic hockey show at gmail.com. If you would like to see an animated game. Which franchise would you like to see in that game? What movie franchise? Maybe it's The Incredibles. Maybe, you know, something probably, like we said, probably human-related would work better. Yeah, Although I wouldn't mind seeing Pumbaa and Timon as a defense pair. That's all I'm saying. Timon? Is it Do Pumbaa you say Timon? Is it Timon and it's, Pumbaa? It's, it's Timon. It's okay. Timon. Jeez. Wow. Excuse it's me. It's Timon and Pumbaa. It's Timon hey. and Pumbaa. I've never heard Pumbaa and, Tim- and Timo. I've never one hearing it backwards Timon, is weird. Timon Salani would be a great, a, a great no, name. Oh, Timon stop Salani. it! Stop it! Stop it! The dad stop jokes it. have entered the chat. <laughs> tap out. Tap out. Tap out. Okay. 
theathletichockeyshow at gmail.com if you want to hit us up. That's what Patrick in Edmonton did. We've got a couple of emails to read here. Patrick in Edmonton wants to uh, circle back to our conversation we had last Monday, Julian, when Shana yes. Goldman was in. Uh, Shana Goldman, uh, marketing wizard extraordinaire. And Shana was all in on the idea of why don't they sell uh, cowboy hats in Nashville, right? With a little bit of fringe, a little bit of, you know, color to them, whatever. Patrick says, when you were discussing teams in the NHL that should sell cowboy hat merch, there was a conspicuous and inexplicable absence of any mention of the Calgary Flames. And with a He's Calgary right. beat writer as one of the hosts, He's absolutely I was pretty right. surprised. Other than that, love your show. Great to hear Shana making a guest appearance. That's from Patrick in Edmonton. Do they sell cowboy hats in Calgary? Uh, I'm sure like they Flames do. I just, I, I just have... I've like I've I've gone through like their team like I've gone in the, like their team store. I just it's just not something I've like I don't know like I probably should be thinking of looking for a cowboy hat. I'm sure if I text uh their guy in charge of their like merchant stuff, I'm sure I could find something. Like you're in Calgary, it's cowboy country. You would think the, the hat, you would think I I like off the top of my head, yes. And if there's if it's a no, like that would be ridiculous. Like they should have something. I'm sure there is. Chris in Vegas writes to us, Ian and Julian, you were talking about Smarties last week. Your Smarties discussion went over the head of everybody here in the United States because down here, Smarties are the little rolls of hardened candy sugar pieces. P.S. No imitation M&Ms taste like M&Ms. It's from Chris in Vegas. So Chris in Vegas, what you call Smarties in the United States, um, we have what do we call rockets, right? Yes, we call them rockets. Yes, we call them rockets. You get them. I only see those bad boys once a year now, and that'll be at the end of the month. Uh, So, yeah, rockets are what we call them. I I didn't realize they were called Smarties in the States. Like, that's such a. Yeah, I forgot about that. Why why is why is Smarties a name for candy? What do you mean? Like Smarties as a name for candy, like. It doesn't make you smarter for eating them, whether on the whether on either side of the border. Like, why Smarties as a name? What's the story behind Smarties as a name? Like, is it something that like it'd be cool if like the backstory for Smarties was just like, oh, well, the founder liked giving their kids candy because they would do well in school and they thought, oh, I'm going to make my own brand of candy and just continue this tradition. But like. Why? I mean, that would be my guess. That would be a cool backstory, a fake backstory. But like, I I don't know why Smarties has that name. Like Smarties. Why would you name a candy Smarties? I don't think anybody is drawing a direct line between intelligence and the Fuji, right? Because, you know. I mean, I guess if we're know. going with off, no, you know what? We're going to just lose sponsors <laughs> if I, <laughs> yeah, if I yeah, give my real yeah, thoughts on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If Nestle yeah. comes calling, like, what yeah, do we do with that? You guys, <laughs> you guys frittered away that Nestle deal. Hope you enjoyed yeah, your two minute bit. <laughs> cost us, <laughs> cost us the Ovaltine account. Like, what? Who drinks Ovaltine. Uh, anyway, Yo, all right. man. Okay, oh, man, we, we, you know, you we, want that Milo sponsorship? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, listen, we're going to leave it there. Do you think anybody will come up with a better 
and I also I think you come up with a better pun. What did I say? Timon Timon Solani. Uh, I'm, I'm sure someone will. Somebody, I hope. I hope, beat I, it. I hope so because Timon is. Timon, what did I call him? I call him Timon, is, right? <laughs> it, it's it's t- Timon is the name. It's not Timon. I think Timon. What you, did I call it? Now you got you're in my head. I, I no, was, you called it Timon. It's Timon. Timon is the correct pronunciation. Timon. This is worse Timon than you so, judging me for Timon not liking so friends. This is worse than you judging me for not liking friends. Yeah, that's a good point. That 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 was wrong of me. True. Uh, okay. Truce, Ian. Truce. 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 There we go. Truce. Truce. Until we do it again next month. Yes. All right. Um, in the meantime, we love to hear from you. The Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com or hit us up on 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 Twitter in the comment section. We uh we love hearing from you and uh follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a rating and review. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. You can follow us on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash at the athletic hockey show. Uh, this season, Julian, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff over there. A lot of kind of live streaming shows on YouTube. So we want to make sure that we point you in that direction. And then we can, maybe there's even going to be a chance for us to show the odd time. Maybe now, we're, now I might be overreaching here, but next time we're talking about the, the Timu Solani, not Timu Solani, Pavel Bure. The skate the stick. Maybe there's a way we can try to actually show that as we're talking. I maybe, mean, but maybe we not. could show Timu Solani if it gets to that point too. Yeah, we could. We could do all of those things. But yeah, we, we're going to have a lot of fun this season. And look, we're only it was a nine guy. We're nine days away from the eight days away from the regular season opening up. Oh, I can't wait, man! I can't wait all for next preseason week. stuff. Like trying to find some storylines. Yeah. Let's rank the greatest preseason goals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some storylines have been a little, you know, easier to come by in some ways. But also, look, I, I can only see so much stuff about roster battles for fourth line center yeah. in some is there Is there? Okay. And again, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say goodbye at the end of the show. Legitimate question. It's okay. We should have sent this note out in Slack, which is the messaging app we use with our fellow reporters. Is there any team in which there's like a legitimate battle for like a first line spot? Like, or like, is everybody's first line like we're pretty good? We know what we're doing. Or is there some team that's like, I don't know who's on our first line? If it exists, it's definitely not one with like star power. Like, if we're not looking at a situation where it's like, man, like, what superstar could he be? Could you put him here? You put him there. It, it, it might be a team that is just very mid and they're trying to figure out what their first line is and it just isn't as interesting compared to i don't know watching connor bedard pull off some great moves in preseason yeah no that was awesome all right so listen man have a great week you and i'll do this again uh next week yes sir for the uh the regular season we hope everybody has an awesome week and uh we'll get you again next time (laughs) Corsi. Corsi.